You're listening to the Foundation Podcast. This is The Chase, bringing you everything you need to know about policies affecting you, your family, and your community. I'm Andrew Brown. And I'm James Quintero. listening to the chase hello james mr brown always a pleasure how was your evening do anything special you know my wife and i sat around and we got a chance to enjoy the governor's state of the state address last night it was uh it was quite a uh, a breath of fresh air you know after the year that we've had uh it was nice to see a politician come on screen and tell the world that the future is actually not bleak. And so uh, one of the comments that the governor made last night was that our comeback is already materializing. Texans are returning to work. Students are returning to school. Families are reestablishing routines. And as the father of five, I could not be more excited about that. I'm with you on that. And my family, we're slowly reintegrating back into the into society. You know, my wife has a number of underlying health conditions, so we've been a little bit more cautious. But, you know, even for us, we can definitely see things opening up um, and more opportunities happening in Texas, especially when we talk to our friends in other parts of the country. It's amazing how much more freedom we have had in Texas during the course of the pandemic. And I think last night we heard the governor quantify how that's helped Texas remain strong economically um, and has brunted a lot of the force of the pandemic that has hit other states pretty hard. Any other overall impressions from the governor's address? Anything that really stood out to you? Uh, only that the the Lone Star State is well positioned to lead the nation's economic recovery. If we get this legislative session right, then we will actually show America how to get it done. Um, now, that's not to say that there aren't problems in the Lone Star State. Uh, as with anything public policy, nothing is perfect. But uh, we are in a good position, I think, to lead an economic resurgence, uh, the likes of which this country very much needs. Right. And a major point of the State of the State address is for the governor to outline his priorities, to identify those things that need to be addressed in the legislative session. And he did that by naming five emergency items and then a number of other priorities. And just very quickly, the emergency items are things that the legislature can take immediate action on. There are rules in place that restrict the legislature from taking action on certain bills uh, before 60 days have elapsed, but emergency items can take immediate action on. Um, And so that's why we watch those with high levels of interest. And last night, the governor laid out five emergency items, and a number of those overlap with things that the Texas Public Policy Foundation has been working on. Uh, Those five emergency items are election integrity, ensuring free and fair elections in the Lone Star State, bail reform, restricting cities from defunding their police forces for political reasons, providing liability protections for businesses and healthcare providers that operated safely during the pandemic and expanding broadband internet access. And two of those five items, as I mentioned, are legislative or liberty action agenda items for the foundation. Those are election integrity, uh, 
and restricting cities from defunding the police is part of our broader public safety uh, priority that seeks to identify, train, assign, retain, and promote and support highly effective police officers. Uh, and that's some great work that's being done by Randy Peterson uh, with our Center for Effective Justice. James, other priorities that stood out to you? Well, the election integrity component was, in my mind, the most important issue put forward, because if we don't have free and fair elections, then all the rest is at least uh, something of a question mark there. Um, the other part I was I was pleased to see was the uh, defunding the police component. Uh, not only is it an incredibly bad idea, but uh, I think there's a, a real need to stop cities from going the way of Seattle and San Francisco and all of these other large coastal uh, urban centers that uh, are in disarray. So great to see the governor highlight those as emergency items. A few other issues that he elevated, uh, strengthening civics education, taking aim at abortion, and making Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Uh, I think these are all good issues for the legislature to focus on in the coming months. And, uh, and I think if, if we can see meaningful action on these items, then Texas is going to be a freer, more prosperous state as a result. Yeah, a couple areas that really stood out to me as well. Um, the governor talked a lot about regulatory relief. So during the pandemic, he temporarily suspended a number of regulations that were restricting businesses. And the whole point of that was to give businesses more flexibility to operate in a more restrained environment uh, due to COVID-19. Probably the most popular of those and most well-known is the beer to go uh, regulatory reform that allowed restaurants to start selling uh, your favorite beverage so that you can take that home with you, drink it at home, please. Uh, But that opened the door to a number of other regulations that were restricting businesses being rescinded temporarily. What the governor was calling on the legislature to do last night was to extend that regulatory relief and make it permanent. And I hate to say that it took a pandemic for us to realize that we don't need all of these regulations, even in a state as friendly to business as Texas. Uh, But it's a step in the right direction. And uh, it sounds like we're going to be on a path toward greater regulatory reform and hopefully a freer economy in a already booming Texas market. Now, Andrew, are you telling me that government is engaged in certain actions that uh, maybe could go away and the economy could potentially benefit? That is news to me, amigo. You are clutching your pearls right now, <laughs> and I'm here for it. Speaking of clutching my pearls... Mayor Adler had some rather interesting words to say after the governor's speech. Of course, he's not a fan of uh, the governor's politics. And he had this to say, we need real help from the state, not more pink, not more politics or finger wagging. State interference with local government is not the answer. And uh, he tried to offer a few more comments, but unfortunately, the video feed from Cabo kept going down. So uh, some connection <laughs> issues there. I really want them to have a reality show, like a buddy cop thing, Greg and Steve. It'd just be, I'd I'd watch it on Netflix. Um, But speaking of the strained relationship between the governor and the mayor of Austin, one thing that surprised me that didn't come up 
in the state of the state address that I expected to hear more about was the homelessness epidemic and some of the actions that the governor has been talking about recently to create a more compassionate response to those in our communities who are struggling with homelessness. Now, you have a limited amount of time in the state of the state address. Homelessness is something that the governor has been hyper-focused on for the last year. So I imagine it was probably a product of there's not much more to say that he hasn't already been saying. I know that it will be a priority for session based on what the governor has been saying publicly over the last year. Um, but I think just leaving more room for other priorities that haven't been as much of a focus uh, in the media and on the public's mind. Um, I'm still hopeful that we'll get some good homelessness reform coming out of the legislature and things that I'm hearing up under the pink dome uh, lead me to believe that uh, not only is the legislature going to take action on improving the state's response to homelessness, but the Texas Public Policy Foundation will be a leading player in those efforts. Well, I hope you're right, Andrew, and not, and I hope you're not just being a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You know, one of the things that Austin has really excelled at in the last few years is bungling this homelessness issue. And not only has it created a public safety hazard for those who live here, but it's also created something of a crisis for folks who want to, you know, come to town and testify at the legislature uh, and enjoy Austin's amenities and engage with, you know, uh, all the various state agencies located here. We also have a state workforce that, um, you know, calls Austin home. So what happens in the Austin City Hall is actually having much more of a pronounced effect throughout the state than maybe some people think. And what's been really frustrating and hearing the city council meeting even just this last week is they're doubling down on their failed policies, um, things that we know haven't worked they're just going to try to do more of what hasn't worked. And that's a recipe for further disaster. So uh, we're unfortunately going to need the legislature to step in uh, to start addressing this homelessness crisis that's made downtown um, kind of a sad place to be. Uh, we have an amazing downtown in Austin, and um, it's just gotten harder and harder to walk down the street and enjoy everything that Austin has to offer. And we have a number of, I would say, neighbors here at the foundation around our building who, you know, I have the opportunity to talk with on a regular basis who are experiencing homelessness. You know, some wonderful folks uh, that are really struggling. And it's sad to me that the city is not taking a more compassionate approach to these folks and investing in real solutions that can help them achieve stability, and that affirms their dignity as people. Um, so hopefully we can get more action out of that. James, it, education reform came up in the sense of expanding education funding that was enacted last session. Uh, we've learned a lot over the last year. So what should we be investing in this session? Well, so a great question. You know, one of the things that we're advocating here at the foundation is to uh, explore virtual and hybrid options, as well as uh, pushing forward on charter schools. I think the last year has taught us that the traditional model of public education uh, really falls woefully short of what our students need. Uh, and so we're going to be engaging the legislature on that front, not on our liberty action agenda, but at the top of my mind is always the taxpayer. 
And uh, one of the things that uh, I'm going to be advocating for at the, at the Capitol is to do better on school district debt. So we just got some new data from the Bond Review Board that shows school district debt is absolutely exploding. Uh, in fact, uh, when you when you take school district debt and you pair it with everything else, Texans owe on the order of $375 billion. That's Ooh. billion with a B. That's a ton of money. Uh, that we can do a better job of of managing and actually putting off debt uh, because there are huge implications there, not only uh, fiscally, but I think uh, morally as well. And while we're on that topic, uh, one of our legislative action agenda items is passing a conservative Texas budget. And you can find our recommendations for a conservative Texas budget on our website, texaspolicy.com. One thing that's really encouraging is the initial draft of the budget that came out in SB1 is within our conservative Texas budget limits. And our chief economist, Vance Ginn, has been running around the office um, with a beer helmet on celebrating. Um, So hopefully that budget will stay within the conservative Texas budget. And Vance and all of us here at the foundation will be really happy about that. I think that budget recognizes what priority things the government needs to fund and needs to do. And it cuts a lot of the waste, uh, again, on that topic of regulatory reform. It scales back the reach of government and creates more room and opportunity for Texans to prosper. Well, let's be honest, Andrew. You know, Vance, even prior to this legislative session, ran around the office with a beer helmet. So that's nothing to applaud. But I will I will say that uh, your point about the conservative Texas budget is well taken. The introduced budgets in both the House and the Senate, which are very similar, come within the conservative Texas budget threshold. So I think we're starting off from a good place fiscally. Got to give a lot of kudos to to the Texas legislature and state government because they do a far better job of protecting taxpayers than my friends at the local level. Yeah, overall, I think it was a great speech. It outlined the focus for this session, lots of overlap with our priorities here at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And, you know, in previous episodes, we'd mentioned that we are optimistic heading into session. After last night, I'm even more optimistic that this is going to be a successful session for the foundation, but more importantly, for Texans. So until next time, I'm Andrew Brown with James Quintero. Thanks for joining us on The Chase.